0: Welcome to my podcast, Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. My name is Vicki Pohl, for those that you do not know me, and I'm a life coach, a health coach, a hypnotist at the Enlightened Peach. And this podcast is all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? Well, it's recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent, have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing, and we are different people. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections, and notice I said perceived imperfections, and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life. I will be your host, and I will have special guests from time to time. As a matter of fact, I have an amazing guest today. Um, And if you have any ahas or questions, please leave a comment or a voice message. So now, let's get started. So I'm going to go ahead and read um, this um, bio that April sent me, but April and I are friends. We've known each other for quite a while. Um, And she writes, April Berry writes sweet, sassy, steamy stories, and I can attest to that. She is a lifelong resident of Georgia and loves the Braves. April loves her hubby, son, and daughter along with her fur babies. Um, Well, you didn't even mention the iguana or whatever you have, but you'll have to talk about that. She enjoys banking, no, baking, sorry, (laughs) reading anything with romance, binge watching shows, and the occasional margarita at her favorite Mexican restaurant or a blue moon at the ballpark. You can find all of her books links and social medias at linktree um, forward slash, is that G, no, it's April Berry. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be putting some of that out. So, and I'll get her to tell you a little bit more about all that. But uh, this is my wonderful friend, April Berry, and I'm so excited to have her on here because I did ask her um, a while back. And um, she's been a writer for a little bit now. She has quite a few books out and is always writing something. And um, But I just wanted to share, like I said, we've known each other for a long time. And as a matter of fact, I actually did hypnosis sessions with April. And, um, and And we had gotten to know each other pretty well before that. But during these sessions, there were several things that come to mind now. And one of them is that she wasn't an author then in her mind. She was an author with her spirit and her talent, but she didn't have it in her mind yet. And that was one of the things she said, "Um, I just have this this thing about um, putting this out there right now. And we worked on that. So do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, And yeah, we had done... Hypnosis for a while, actually. Uh, I, the weekly visits were fantastic. Um, and it was probably the best therapy I've ever had. Huh. Um, and yeah, let's so say I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you're having a life problem, you need a hypnotist. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I had started writing and I was really enjoying myself. But then, you know, I and I knew I wanted to publish. Um, and you know, when you're working on stuff like that, it's always one of the things you hear is it's best to start marketing yourself in advance of release, you know, and then you, you hype up the book and that's how you get readers. And that's how you get people to look at the books when they actually come out. So it's like, you have to, you know, pregame before everything really happens. But my problem was, is that I was stuck in this mindset that, you know, well, I'm a writer, but I'm, I don't feel like I'm an author, you know, like who am I to call myself an author? I don't have anything actually published. And, um, you know, at the time too, I knew that I wanted to go, um, the indie route, um, for various reasons. And if you want, we can circle back on that, but I don't want to take up too much time, you know, going into that. But, um, I was really stuck on this, you know, that that I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like that made me an author. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I, we talked about that um, because I, and it just came up in conversation. Uh, We were not even really, we were getting ready to do a session, but we were, we always, you know, chit chat a little bit beforehand because like you said, we're really good friends. And um, (laughs) I had mentioned I was struggling with TikTok because I wasn't sure Um, like I didn't even have my name as my TikTok handle and some people had mentioned to me, you really need to have your name on there so that people know that you're, you know, that's your author name. But I kept going back and forth. Like just do, do I just put April Berry or do I put like April Berry writer or what? And I had some people say, put April Berry author. And and so that's kind of how we got into that conversation. And that led into, you know, let's talk about that during our session, because that's just a block. That's just this block that you have because you're writing, you're going to put the books out. And I was like, I know. And you know, I, cause I was still like talking myself out of it. So, um, and we ended up doing that session and my homework after the session was to go change my social media handles to say author, to kind of put it out into the universe and, you know, have it in writing and have it where I could see it too. And of course, during the session, you know, we went through, um, envisioning what I thought it was, what I wanted it to look like, um, and try to kind of really see myself in that light. Um, and you really kind of drove home, like you're doing the work, um, you know, you are an author, even though you don't feel like one. And so we talked about that and I went and I did my homework and I remember texting you like, okay, I just did it. You know. <laughs> so, and I mean, I had to really hype myself up too. I mean, I was, and I'm, I was in the car. Cause I was like, I just have to do it. Like if I don't do it now, I'm going to hype myself, you know, I'm just going to talk myself out of it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go change it. And I did. So I was like, I mean, so. <laughs> and then it felt, and I told you, I was like, Oh my God, that was crazy. But like, and you said, well, how do you feel though? And I was like, it feels good. And I was like, I'm really like, it was scary, but it feels good. It's like, you know, I kind of ripped the bandaid off, you know? Um, so, and that was one of the, you know, that wasn't the most like crazy moment that i think i've had but that was one of the pivotal moments that i really started to believe like maybe i maybe i um you know um so you know i just i don't know like I just needed, I needed to talk myself into it. You needed a little push. They needed a little push.
0: Yeah. So So what have been other things that have helped you to see yourself as not only a writer, but an author? And I know I was saying writer before, but I guess author is the more, the, the better word for what you were going through. Um, So what are some other things? So like if somebody is um, listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube and they're kind of a little, like you were, where they're just a little bit scared of, you know, I've got all these stories in me. How do I get them out? You know, why do I think I'm, I'm, why do I think I'm an author? I haven't, I don't have anything out there yet. And so how can you uh, maybe address that a little
1: bit? I think a lot of it was just, um, I had people like I had you, um, that kind of helped me through and not just with sessions, but just, you know, in general, um, and try, like you questioned me a lot, even outside of sessions, just when we were having our chats, like, why do you feel like you can't do this? You know, um, you know, usually like you're the type of person, like if you want to do something, you just go do it. So, um, but in my mind, it seemed like this, um, like a crazy dream. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. um, And my husband was pretty supportive too. And like, cause I, that was what started it all is I had this aha moment where, uh, because, you know, I didn't start writing until I was in my late thirties. Well, I had all, take that back. I'd always been writing. I've been writing since I was a child, but, um, and I even started some books when I was in like my really early twenties and, um, they just, I never finished them. And then, you know, I got the whole idea that, you know, this, this isn't a career in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you need to get a job and take care of your family and take care of business and all of that stuff. So, um, and it was more looked at like kind of a hobby. And, um, so I was like, you know, whatever. And I kind of, I let life control me and, um, put it to the side. And I didn't really think about it for a really long time. And then there were always moments where you, you're always like the coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, but then you're like, well, no, it's probably best that I just let that crazy dream go, you know? Um, and then when COVID hit, um, I in like, if somebody's watching and they love this, I'm, if they love the books, I apologize, but, I had never heard of Outlander, and we were binge watching a lot of shows. And um, we had watched Game of Thrones at the urging of everybody on the planet because we had never watched it. And then I still uh, haven't seen it. I mean it's intense, <laughs> just so you know. Like that's why are, I haven't. <laughs> but we but we, you know, we didn't have anything else to do for a while. So and everybody was like, oh, you gotta watch it, you know. Um it was really interesting and like I had never read those books either. Um, but um, we ran, we ran through that show pretty fast because we were home. And then we, um, I went on Facebook or something and I was like, okay, so we just binged watch game of Thrones in like two weeks. And like, we literally did nothing but watch the show. Cause there was a lot of episodes, but I was like, we need something else now. Like we're addicted to binge watching now. And so one of my other friends was like, watch outlander, you're welcome. And I was like, it's something we have to watch together though. Like this is it's a couple times. And she was like, there's fighting, um, there's death. Some, <laughs> there's some sexy scenes in there. Yeah. Um, uh, and they said, there's actually a lot of history. And I was like, Oh, history. Yes. Cause my husband is a history buff, you know? Um, and, but I was like romance. Yes. Give me all of that. So, uh, we binged watch that. And at the time there was only like five seasons out, I think, but we binged watched it. And I then went down this rabbit hole and, um, I had the library app on my phone, um, because the library was closed, but you could still use like the Libby and the hoopla apps, you know? So I did read the books after the fact. And then, um, you know, I wrote, cause I realized then they were based off of these books written by Diana Gabaldon. Then I read the books and then like, I went down this other like YouTube rabbit hole and Google rabbit hole, looking up Diana Gabaldon, who was the author and I was watching one of her interviews, and I realized she was 36 um, when she had wrote Outlander. And I was like, "Oh, my God!" Like it's I not was too sitting, late. I was sitting right here, where I am right now. And my, but my husband was sitting next to me watching TV or something. And I did. I went, oh, and he was like, "What? Oh my God!" And I was like, "Diana Gabaldon was 36." And he was like. Who, you know, because he didn't go down the crazy rabbit hole. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoyed the show with me. That's, that's kind of where it stops. Um, and so I'm explaining this to him and he was like, Okay, I'm congratulations that you found that. And he was like, oh, You know, and I was like, No, you don't understand. I was like, It's not too late. And he was like, What do you mean? And I was like, I could still write, I could write a book because I was 38 at the time. And he was like, okay. And I was like, no, I'm serious. And he was like, so am I, I then do it. And I was like, well, I will. And so I like clicked out of the YouTube video or whatever. And I opened up a document and I just started typing some stuff and the rest was history. So, Um, but that's the thing. So I started writing and I got like really obsessive about writing the story. And all it was is I was like, I didn't even really know what I was doing. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it at the time. Cause I didn't even start looking into like publishing routes and marketing and all of that stuff. I was just like, I'm going to write a book. Like that's all I, that's started as I'm going to write a book period. I'm not too old. I'm going to do this. Um, so I wrote the book and it's kind of, and that's what I always tell people now. Like people are always like, what's, what's some advice that you give to a new writer? And I'm like, write the book that you want to read. Just write it for you. You don't have a contract. You don't have anybody controlling anything. Just write the book that you want to read. Write the story that you want to write and don't worry about everything else just yet. Um, you know, cuz even though like I mean, all books have an audience, no matter what kind of book it is, the fact that the key thing is just finding those people, but if you want to read this book and if you find this story interesting, chances are somebody else is out there looking for this book to read, you know um and it's not going to be perfect um and you don't don't worry about the editing and the grammar and the spelling and all that stuff like my my rough drafts are rough so um and they still are you know but um you know that's why we edit and uh, that's why we get other people to look at it for us so that we can clean it up and make it actually readable to everybody else but um you know it just it was this really fun thing that I did and then um it, it became scary though when I just, cause like I wanted, I knew I wanted to put it out there, but it was so, it's a scary thing because you literally, it's this fictional thing that you make up in your brain and you're like, were people going to think that I'm crazy, you know? Um, or, and even if they don't think you're crazy, you're like, what if everybody hates it? You know, because, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the inner workings of your mind on paper for everybody to judge. And so it's, it's very nerve wracking sometimes. And even now, like every time I have a new release, I still get really nervous. Um, and I, I don't read my reviews for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. that's also a really good piece of advice. Um, don't read your reviews. Like you'll want to, but don't do it even because even the good ones, sometimes, um, if somebody makes a comment about a character that like they interpreted it a different way than you meant, even though they loved it. Like, you're kind of like, well, how did I mess that up? You know? So, yeah. um, So I just don't read them at all. Um, reviews are really for other readers anyway, but yeah. So it was just this, um, crazy, weird, chain of events that happened in later in life and that was that is my favorite thing to tell about the story is like i was 38 when i started writing and i was 39 when i published the first one i think and um ever since it's like potato chips like you can't just have one like once yeah. you've done it once <laughs> or twice it um it it really Beca- it can become very addicting, I think, because it's like, you know, you go to your little mind palace and you can escape everything around you and um, do make up this whole little world and this whole little series of events and stuff. And especially when you start to get readers and people... Like it, and they're tagging you on social media and holding up your book. It's it's a little bit of a dopamine rush for sure. So yeah. yeah, it is. It's it can get a little addicting, which also I mean it can consume you sometimes. So you have to really learn how to balance that out a little bit because right. uh, because you chase that feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: So well, yeah. I've seen people on TikTok. With your book and talking about it and putting you in the side by side uh-huh. and all that stuff. So, um, you want to talk a little bit about your TikTok, um, especially because that's where you do most of your marketing, so to speak, right?
1: I do and um and it's just like I had my Facebook page um and I mean I'm an elder millennial so of course Facebook was kind of my jam um and I have Instagram too but Instagram is hard for me because I am not very um I'm just not really good with like tech and stuff and I can't make like the pretty pictures and like I am not a pinterest gal you know um and Instagram is is full of it's it's very beautiful curated pictures. You know, that's what Instagram is. You're posting pictures usually. So um, I just haven't uh, mastered eye catching photos of things. So um, I find that one to be a little more intimidating for me. And when I finally got a TikTok account, um, I really loved it because it was perfectly fine for me just to like put up a 60 second video being my normal hot self, you know, hot mess self and everybody likes it. Uh, whereas I felt like on Instagram and Facebook, you know, you're you post your pictures and you put like a little dialogue in there and you know, you're going back and you're editing everything and you're like does that sound stupid and you second and guess yourself and you're trying to make it perfect. But you get on TikTok and everybody's just like, "Oh my god, you're a normal person." And you know, I think it it's easy to connect with people and they can really see you and your it's easier to be your authentic self there. It really is. And it's cool because the way you can connect with people and like you said, like um, people can duet you and stitch you and so you can kind of piggyback off of other people's conversations and um I don't know, like it just has a totally different vibe to it. And I really do feel like you get a different level of connection and uh, people get to know, they really get to know me um, because I don't just, you know, hold up my book and try to, you know, sell them. But um, I get on the air and I talk about what I'm doing for the day. And, you know, I have a lot of videos with with my cat ginger. And it's like this whole funny thing, because he's like my stalker ex-boyfriend kind of cat, because he doesn't want me to love on him, but he always has to have eyes on me. He's like, (laughs) he's sitting right over there right now. Um, We've got one of those. (laughs) He's not always, he doesn't want to be right on me, but he's always right around the corner lurking, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, and you know, then I talk about my kids and like, I have a, a son who does band and that's, you know, like a whole job in itself. So, um, and I talk a lot about my writing process and I share like little nuggets of where I'm at and what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I talk about like, I won't divulge any information about the books until I'm done that I'll be like, oh my gosh, I wrote the most intense scene, you know, and I made myself cry a little bit, you know? So, um, um, and people love that because they, they want to be part of the process, even though they're not the creator. Like, I feel like the readers really love to feel like they're on that journey with you sort of, mm-hmm. you know? um, and I love that, you know, yeah. because that's the thing, like, you know, I wrote that first one just to see if I could do it really. But then once you start to get readers and you realize that people enjoy it, um, it is like you, you start to write for them um, because it's like, you know, you're, you're an entertainer, you know? right? And so you're, you're like, okay, I got to give the people what they want. So, um, and so when you can take them along for the ride, I think it's really cool for both parties, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a quite a lot of your videos for a while. I haven't had TikTok and I've got all kinds of reasons for that and none of them to do with TikTok itself. Um, but, <laughs> But So I haven't seen any lately, but I'm about to download it onto this new phone. And that's an indicator there. It's the new phone. That's um, why I didn't have TikTok. But I can't wait to get on there and get kind of caught up on some of your stuff. So one of the things that you had said that just kind of uh, something come up in my head was you said your, your writing process, that you share things with them. And I will say... I've seen, you know, some people talk about the writing process and they talk about how they have this board up with the characters and they, they have all these different things. And I think if I remember correctly, that is not how you do yours.
1: Yeah. I I envy those people so much. I'm (laughs) like, my gosh, your whole life must be so organized, you know, and I'm like a chaos goblin over here. (laughs) I, um, and I learned, um, and I actually, that's funny because when I first started writing, I did try to talk myself out of it for a hot minute because I did try to do like a rough little outline or a plot, you know? And when I started writing, the story went completely sideways and it was nothing like the plot that I had put out. And so in my mind, I was like, I can't even follow my own plot. Like I suck at this. This is terrible. Who do I think? Why did I think I could do this? Like see, there's a reason why I quit doing, you know. So mm-hmm. it was this moment of doubt where I was like, I can't even follow my own directions, you know. Um and then I am also very spiteful even against myself. So I was like, no, I am not going to quit. I've already started. I can do this. And then, so I started doing it again. And then as I got through it, I didn't really talk about it too much on social media, but I started following authors, um, especially on TikTok. And um, I learned that there's such things as um, pantsers and discovery writers. And Basically what those are is you got plotters who they have their character sheets or their character boards and, um, they plot out, you know, the book and even plotters, some of them plot every little chapter out. Some of them do like beginning, middle, end, but leave it kind of where they can fill in the blanks. Um, so it's kind of all over the place, even for plotters, but you have, um, pantsers, which means you just sit down and start writing. Um, and you might kind of have an idea in your head and you might make a few like character notes and stuff, just so you remember who's got blue eyes and yeah. who, who wears What's that the person alone, like? you know, yeah. Yeah. um, but you generally don't have any kind of outline. And then discovery writer is where I come in and you have nothing. There's no notes. You just sit down. You don't even know where the story is going. You barely know where like the first couple lines, but you have this weird idea brewing and it doesn't even really start coming to you until you start putting your fingers on the keyboards. And then all of a sudden, like the magic just kind of starts to happen. So, um, when I realized there were actually like other people out there who did this, they wrote this way and they're successful authors, you know? And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So I'm not terrible. Like it, that's just not how my brain works mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know? So it was really neat. And that's why I have another reason I really love TikTok because there's so many people on there that, I mean, these same people are on other social media, but it's just the way the content is delivered. It it just provides so much more insight into things. And um, people were very um, giving on that app as far as talking about stuff like that. And thank gosh for them because- like, then I realized, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not doing this wrong. I'm just doing it the best way for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt like it kind of gave me permission to continue on that way. And so now like, I'm a big advocate of, you know, if you can plot, that's awesome. But you know, if you can't, then don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and, like, I every once in a while you'll see some gatekeeping uh, where people are like, if you don't plot, you're not doing it right, and you should really try. You're just not, you're not trying hard enough. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Why don't you go yourself? Like, yeah. don't be on here telling people how to do it. Yeah. Like, are but, don't, you but don't
0: you find that that happens in just about everything, everything. you know? Right. And one of the things that I wanted to point out is that, um, You were second guessing yourself because you weren't able to do this or weren't doing this in the way that other people were. And so many people let themselves get shut down from that. And then especially the more they see other people spouting that this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And so they think that is the only way. And we're all individuals. And so just because And you might even, somebody that's listening might even do it totally different than you do or the other two examples you gave. And it's perfectly okay. Find what helps you get your voice out and and do that thing to the best of your ability. And it'll become something. It's don't give up because the picture of what you're doing doesn't mirror the picture of what other people are telling you to do.
1: Yeah, that was the biggest thing is learning how to filter out that kind of advice, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, realizing just because somebody can talk on the internet doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're talking about. Right. Um, And it's, and usually the people who speak with their whole chest and act like it's the end all be all, like if they have no flexibility, those are the people you want to run away from. Right. um, Because, I think at the end of the day, especially, um, uh, writing, writing is art, um, and it's a creative process. So n- not one painter necessarily does things the same way as the other painter. And you never see people going, well, they're doing it wrong. Cause they're not yeah. doing it my way, you know, <laughs> so right. I'm like, Why? well, Why some of them people? might, you never know. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm not in those circles, but there could be, I'm sure there are some people, you know, yeah. that there's. There's those pompous people and everything probably, but, you know, um, so I just don't ever see that, but you know, that's the thing like this, it, it is, it's a creative process. And so you have to find what works for you, um, and tune out those people. The key thing is though, you do want to listen to seasoned folks and, you know, take little nuggets from people. So that's kind of where you have to learn like, okay, who do I need to filter And who should I really pay attention to? And what I always say, is, so now the first thing I do is if I see somebody on the internet saying something, I go see, do they have any books published? And that like, obviously this is very specific to books, but Mm -hmm. I do all go look to see if they have books published, um, what the books are about and, um, how long the book's been out and how many reviews they have, because that'll give you an indication of their sales. And usually the people who, um, are very, um, very quick to say like, this is the only way, or this is the right way. Usually they don't have anything to back it up.
0: And a lot of times they're trying to sell the program that teaches you how to do it their right way.
1: Yeah. Or I mean, and even like the thing about social media nowadays is everything is very follower driven and you can monetize social media platforms if they're, if you have enough followers. So even if they're just trying to, um, they might just be trying to gain a bunch of followers. They're not even selling a book, but I have seen a few people where they're selling, um, you know, programs, they're selling books, they're selling, um, just whatever. Because, and I'm like, well, how do you know, like, you know, what, what do you have to show for this? And the thing is, is there's plenty of people on there, especially like, you know, um, newer authors, they'll come on and they talk about what they're doing and they share what they're doing. And me, like, if somebody asks me, I'll tell you what I do, but I don't, I will never get on the internet and start telling you how to do things, you know? And that's the big difference is there's nothing wrong with sharing what you're doing and talking about what works for you. But I think it's really important to learn to listen to the way people are giving their advice. um, Because there are people who are very successful who just started out, but the, the most successful people realize that not everybody's going to do it the same way. And you have to be flexible because just like everything else, this kind of the book market changes constantly. Um, so there's not really a one right way for any of it, whether it's your coverage your editing, your marketing, the book itself. Um, you know, there's just so many variables. So that's why I say like pretty much listen to everything, take everything with a grain of salt and, you know, pick and choose what you, what works for you or what really strikes a nerve with you. But the people who are very like steadfast and like, this is the way you do it. And this is the only right way those people run away, just run away. Like don't engage with them either because that's exactly what they want. But, um, in like, uh, we actually, my friends and I got together and we started a discord for writers. Uh, it's called the romance riot, but we have, all kinds of authors in there. You don't have to write romance books. We, we encourage it, you know, <laughs> we always try to get everybody to come over to our side, but, um, you know, even if we're like, just put a little bit of romance in there, yeah, like, yeah. really the whole thing. but, um, you know, we uh-huh. made that because we wanted a safe place to share ideas, ask questions and, um, but we're not on social media because the one thing I will say about social media is you can't really be marketing books and giving writing advice at the same time, because algorithms will pick one and usually it's not going to be the one that's going to make you money. (laughs) So, um, I
0: didn't have a clue about that.
1: We, so that's the thing. If like with the, I've seen where there'll be authors that talk a lot about, writing in the process and giving advice and stuff. And then when it comes time to actually market their book, they are not capturing Uh readers. They're only being shown to other authors, which authors should be readers. But like, I mean, I know I don't get to read as much as I'd like to. I can only read a couple of books a month because I work and I'm also writing. So, and I don't like to read while I'm drafting my own story because I don't want somebody else's voice to bleed into my books. Right. Um, because I'm very impressionable. Like so and that's just something I know about myself. Like all of my favorite books, if I tried to read them at the same time I was writing, yeah, they would sound all like my favorite authors, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um and that's just another thing like you have to find what works for you, but um so when you're only ever talking to other authors and not really talking to readers, it becomes a problem when you're trying to sell your books, and I mean, I love sharing my books, but at the end of the day, like the end goal is like to sell enough books to be able to quit working and just write all the time, and you know, go to Braves games whenever I want. That's right. Well, you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. So, um, how many books do you have out
0: right now?
1: <laughs> That's an excellent question. It's somewhere in the ballpark of twelve, to fourteen, but I'll, <laughs> I don't even know. And you got sure.
0: some that are um, joint ventures with other people, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so all the anthologies that I was participating in have recently come down. Um, when you do anthologies, they're usually like a 90 day run. Okay. Um, I do have a secret project that I am working on that probably, I think we're trying to have it ready in January for publication, but um, that's still, I feel like January. I'm not hundred percent certain there, but again, it's. Um, it's Doesn't it feel different.
0: good to say you've got a secret project?
1: And it's so crazy too. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I'm, gosh, it's so hard not to ruin this, but it's so cool because somebody asked me if I wanted to participate in this. And this person is somebody that I look up to. And she was one of the first people that I really started following. And I had found her books and I was like, Oh my God, I love her writing. It's so cool. And it's like, it's simple, but so descriptive. Like, so it's really easy read, but you feel like you're there. Um, and I just really loved all of them. And I didn't really know who she was because like I said, I hadn't been doing this. Like I later in life, I decided I was going to write books and just see what happened. And I stumbled, like, of course I read a few of the books and, and I found her on TikTok And then I, one day on Facebook, I was like, I should look her up there. Cause I was trying, I hadn't really done a whole lot with my Facebook page, but I was like, when I started to really ramp up. I was like, I need to be better about all of these social medias, start my newsletter, all of that stuff. And I went to Facebook to find her. And this woman has like 200,000 followers. And I was like, oh my God, you've been letting me talk to you like a normal person. And And she was like, I am a normal person. What are you talking about? And I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I don't care what you say. I was like, holy crap. I was like, how did I not realize that you were like, a big deal you know I and mean, she's like stop being weird she, you yeah. know she gets to her she was like I am a normal person I was like no you're not and then um <laughs> <laughs> so enter new rabbit hole and so like I did a deep dive on her and she's a very um very renowned author especially in romance and um uh, she is the coolest lady and very down to earth. But yeah, so we have a little secret project we're working on with several authors. And it was just weird to get to this place, especially after only just a couple of years, like, um, my debut will have its second birthday in August, you know? Uh, so, uh,
0: so when, when we did your, uh, when you did your book signing, um, that I went to, um, how long ago has that been? Cause it seems like it's been a long time on one it's hand, been like a
1: year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't do it pre-launch because, you know, leave it to me to do everything backwards. But that, um, so I know your
0: way, your way, not backwards.
1: <laughs> I had
0: um,
1: I was really, I still was so nervous about that first book that I didn't tell anybody. Like I did no marketing. I had talked about it some, but I never told anybody that there was a pre-order up or anything. And then once the pre-order went live and I got my physical copy, um, I did like a, opened the package on TikTok and I was like, Hey guys, so like this book is available now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, but I, and I mean, it was just this really surreal moment, but I was like, you know what? I came this far and I actually did it. The book is live and I haven't even told anybody. So that it was the day after it went live is when my physical copy came. So that's when I told everybody about it. Um, so it It was weird. I had a few people, um, obviously, you know, friends and family picked it up, which that in itself is funny because I see a lot of jokes about uh, romance authors being nervous uh, for friends and family to read their books. But like my mom was, she my mom is the reason I don't use a pen name. She um she wanted to make sure her friends knew that it was really her daughter who wrote the books. So she wanted bragging rights, basically. Yes, yes, um, yes. So that's why I don't use a pen. And um so, you know, I had a few friends and family that picked it up, and uh, of course they all said they love it. But you know, your friends and family are going to tell you that you're like I don't trust you at all. So, uh, of course you're going to say that. And then um, I got my first random stranger from the internet, though. And she found me on TikTok and she had done a review on Amazon and Goodreads. And then she commented, um, or it was an Instagram post. She made an Instagram post and tagged me. And I was like, What is this? Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, Who is this? And so I'm like, do I know them from somewhere? And like, cause I was just certain that it was somebody that I knew and it wasn't. And I like just boohooed over that. Like it was happy tears, but I was just like, oh my God, a stranger on the internet just gave me five stars. Like that's so crazy. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I was so excited to get like those first 10 reviews, you know? And so that first stranger was just crazy. And I still, she still gets all of my books. Um, um, she always gets a signed copy. And um, I know she's in my personal um, address book, because when she ordered signed copies, I was like, you are forever going down in history as my first stranger <laughs> on the internet, who read my book and liked it." you know, um, so I, I love I just love her. Uh, and she's, she's still just as excited about every release, you know, and I love it. It's just crazy to think that um, and then so it, it just it actually started catching traction a little bit. And then I got the idea for another book. And that was also interesting, because I had actually started writing something else, went to see you, we were about to have another hypnosis session. And you were like, so tell me what's going on. And I was like, I, I hit a block in this story. Um, I said it was going really well. And then I just, uh, it's not happening. I said, and then all of a sudden I have these other, this other weird idea popped in my head and I have these characters like yelling at me and I don't know who they are, where they came from. The town is not the same town that I'm trying to write in. Like, I don't know what's happening. And you're the one who said, you were like, well, maybe you should just write this other book then. Like maybe your brain is telling you, like there's a reason that you're supposed to write this one and put this one to the side. And I was like, well, and again, this goes back to and I told you this, this one was going to be book two of that series. And I was like, you know, you're supposed to write the series and put them out in order. And that's what you do. And you were like, that's what, who does like, <laughs> who, who cares? You know? And I was like, all right, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, we had our session and you talked to me during the session and kind of said, you know, you need to, follow the ideas that are coming to you, um, you know, do what feels good, do what feels right. The other stuff will come when the timing is right. And so I went home and I started working on this other book and that other book turned out to be my most popular book I have written. And I wrote it faster than any other book I've ever written. It was it, dying to get out. wasn't it? it poured out of me. I wrote it in three weeks. Now that's not all the editing and everything, but like, it's, you know, it's a decent sized book and I read it in three weeks and it was just like something for whatever reason, my brain was like, you have to tell this story. And it is, it's my most popular book now. Um, even now, everybody loves that one and everybody's mm-hmm. like, that needs to be a movie, you know? So um, it's, and it's such a sweet, cute story too. But yeah, um, and then I did and eventually go back to the second book of the series. Um, it took me a while to finish it. Um, but once I did, it felt right. Um, and I actually ended up writing a couple of books in between before I went back to that one. And I feel like looking back on it, now I don't do that to myself. Now it's like if I get a different idea, and we'll talk because that's actually a good point because we were going to talk about the autumn car anyway, but um. Mm-hmm um i've given myself permission to follow the voices like go where the inspiration takes me and so i'm really i have different projects open all the time now like i might be working on two or three different books at a time because i listen to the characters and the story that's happening because those are the best stories that i write um i there is such a thing called writing to market and i really I envy those authors as well, and I think the more you write, the more comfortable you get um, writing things that are popular without having to really think about it or try to write to market. It's just kind of a natural process. The more you do it, but um, I don't, I can't do that. I can't sit down and say these are the tropes that are hot right now, and and these are what's selling, and this is what I'm going to write. There's a ton of writers and authors that they, they look at what's good, what's selling, and they can sit down and write books that will sell. And that's, what's writing to market. If I try to force that, it never turns out good. The stories are not good, you know? So it just, I think it takes a very practiced hand and a very patient person to be able to create these excellent books that are written on purpose. You know what I mean. Mine are all over the place because it's, I don't write, like I write the books that I want to read still. I write the stories that are screaming at me, the characters that are talking to me. And, um, those are definitely the ones that like, you know, you can tell because there's been a couple of times that I was trying to push through and I have readers that help me while I'm working on my books and they can tell like, you're not in this, like, you don't, like, your heart is not in this. They're not talking to you. You need to put this one off to the side. So I've given myself permission to just, you know, write whatever is inspiring me. And it is what it is. And, um, you know, not everybody in the industry will recommend that. Um, and certainly, like, that can hinder success for people sometimes just because, you know, it is a business. So you do have to kind of learn how to balance, like, I want to write what I want to write, but I also have to, you know, get the readers interested, you know, Mm -hmm. because right now everybody's kind of chasing that thing over there. So, um, it is a bit of a balance, but I think as long as you have your expectations set correctly, but still let yourself think, you know, I still can be successful with this. I just have to figure out how I'm going to do it. Um, then you can still do it. Um, you just, like I said, you have to be able to shift gears a little bit and, um, just figure out how you're going to do the marketing piece. If you want to write that way, if you can write to market, bless you, just bless you and (laughs) congratulations. (laughs) Like same thing with the plotters. Like I wish, because I'm like, man, I could probably write so much faster, if I could plot, but I just can't. So, um, and I'm not going to force it, you know, because like I said, I couldn't stick to it. And all it does is make me feel bad about the process. So, yes.
0: Make you feel like a failure in some ways, because yeah. you, you've got this guideline set out there and you haven't met it. So it's like, well, obviously this is not what I need to be doing. Yeah. yeah I get that. So,
1: so you just, I had to learn how to just give myself permission to do these things and, um, obviously, like I said before, like, I really do want to make enough money where I could just write. Um, and I would love to be able to retire my husband too, but, um, you know, well, that's
0: coming, that's coming.
1: There's, but I also like, because of the way I write and the way I publish, like, I have to understand that I'm going to have to be a little more aggressive in my marketing and try a lot of different things in order to make that happen, you know, so, and not expect to be a bestseller tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Right. um, So
0: when most people um, just look you up by um, April, is it April D Berry or April Berry?
1: I think you can just look up April Berry on Amazon. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. So definitely check out her, her books. And if they wanted to get a signed copy, did they just,
1: did they order that in there? In my link tree, which you said you'll be putting on there, Mm -hmm. um, in my link tree, there's always a form in there for signed copies. Um, I do have a website as well. That's aprildberry.com. So you can find all my books on there as well. Um, And I'm working to get my signed copies integrated onto there to make it a little easier. But I do offer signed copies. um, And there's a form in my link tree for that too. Yes. Um, and you can just message me on social media. If like, you're like, I don't don't know what you're talking about. Um, I always answer my messages. Um, I love getting reader messages too. So I know people are always nervous and I'm like, first of all, I'm a normal person. Don't be nervous about messaging me. And it literally makes my day when somebody messages me about my books, like, especially if it's good. And I've even had somebody message me where they, uh, wanted to gripe about something in one of my books, but I was like, so what you're saying is you read it, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, you still bought it, though, right? It so, you know, like, thank you. So, Because, um, you know, like, every book's not for everybody. Just like it's yeah. not for everybody. So,
0: yeah. Uh, and, you know, technically... I'm not a romance person as far as reading romance novels. And I I used to try years and years ago when I had a friend that that's all she read and I would read them and I'd think, Oh, I hate this. Um, (laughs) but I can say when, you know, I was trying to support you as a friend when I bought that first book, but the other books that I've bought since then were because I just really like the way you write. I like the story. I like where it goes. And it's a, to me, the, um, the, the romance novels that I read years ago are so different from what you do. Now I haven't branched out and read any other romance novels. I've just stuck with recommend-
1: yours. <laughs> do <laughs> I? I said I can recommend some great ones? There's there's really there's honestly such a big variety, and like it just kind of depends on what you enjoy. Um, because there's something for everybody out there, even within the romance genre, there's still so many differences. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And
0: so, um, we had mentioned just earlier when you and I were talking before we got on here that we were going to mention your series, the Anna. Oh, the Anamkara.
1: Oh, and yeah, Yeah. I just mentioned that. And I was like, ooh, we're going to talk about in a minute. So, um, because I was talking about, you know, following the inspiration and following the voices, but so I actually, the first book that I wrote was the Anamkara, but it wasn't the first book that I published right. um, that one is so close to my heart. And I worked on that one longer than the rest of them, obviously. And, um, I, I don't know, like I was really struggling with publishing that one. Cause I was like. I love this story but nobody's my baby this yeah and I was like, <laughs> what if somebody says something bad about it you know um and I worked on it a lot and I kept trying to edit and edit more and that's when I was like, okay I've come this far I've started saying that I was writing a book I can't just quit now I was like I'm gonna switch gears and I'm gonna put this one to the side and that's when I wrote served. Uh, Cause I was reading a ton of contemporary romance at the time. So I was like, you know, these are really fun, easy reads. Like I love reading contemporary romance too. So I was like, let me just try my hand at this and see what happens. And I actually enjoyed the story. So I was like, I think I'm going to go with this one. The editing went a little bit easier for me. And at the end of the day, like I was not as emotionally attached to it then as I was the Anamkara um so I published it first and people were receptive to it and it ended up doing really well and I still love it. It's like I have my little served cup and um it was my debut and um that one is like my second best selling book. Everybody loves it. They they follow the series through. They love the characters. People always enjoy when I have a new one coming out. So um I do too. So I really I I have found this new love for that particular book. Um, I still think the autumn car is probably my favorite just because seriously, it was like the first one. It really just like this weird story. And, it, and it's in a,
0: like the, um the, the setting of that one, it feels so different from the setting of these others that you have. Which is so, so
1: funny though, because they're both kind of small towns. Mm-hmm. Um, And they both are kind of set in like a square of a small town, but the vibes are totally different. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, And so I love that story so much, but the thing is, is so, um, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It's called a lead in. So I don't want anybody to, to not check it out because of that. But, um, and this is like this huge debate because I have a lot of people the handful of people that actually have read that book really love it like um and I have people constantly asking me when the second book's coming out and I think part of me like I have this weird block because I love that story so much that I'm scared I'm scared to make it end first of all um and I do this when I'm writing my my standalone books even when I get to like the uh like the last two-thirds of the book I slow down and sometimes I get writer's block and I'll start another book because I don't want it to end like mm-hmm. I know if I finish it then it's over and I have to say goodbye to these people and it it really makes me sad well you know
0: as a reader I do the same thing with books <laughs> that I'm reading and if I'm really into it and everything it's like I feel compelled to read fast so I know what happens but then I want to slow down so I can make it last longer
1: and you're like oh my god I've only got like this many pages left. I yes,
0: gotta... yes. So I, right, I and, and I've had times in my life that I've looked for authors that had like twenty books that were all the like a series, you know. <laughs> I think I want to do that one because I know it'll keep. <laughs> I, um
1: I, and I think that's kind of my block with that one because it's like so close to my heart. I love it so much, and I'm like, I don't want it to be over. And it's only going to be two books, so it'll be a duet. And on top of that, I'm like, can I do it justice? Because I love the first one so much. And it's like, can I do it? Can I do that again? You know? Um, And that's something that a lot of authors I've learned deal with is not necessarily um, just a lot of people, it's that second book. Like, even they get, because you get all fired up about your first book and your debut and everything. And then all of a sudden, though, you're like, people like this. Oh my God, though. What if I can't do it again is good. So, um, it's, you know, what do they call it? Like the sophomore it's, it's some kind of sophomore blues or something like that, because you're, you're concerned that you can't match that same excitement for another. Mm. One, you know? well,
0: the thing um, that popped in my head was one hit wonder.
1: And these are things that we yeah. really go through. And I mean, I understand it. Cause like I said, every time I put one out, I'm like, same thing, especially with my series, you're like, you know, oh my gosh. Okay. So they really loved book one. What if they don't like book two? And then they're like, oh my God, they love book two. Like, what if they hate book three? So it's like this never ending thing. So, um, but, and I think that's why I keep having a block and I actually started writing book two of the Anamkara. And, um, again, I got this, weird block and I started writing something else because the characters were really yelling at me and I had like a few scenes even that popped in my head when I was listening to some music one day. So I was like, okay, so this is the book that I need to work on right now and I'm just going to put this one to the side. But I am excited to get back to that one and I'm and I keep telling I have a couple of friends that um they're also writers and we actually met back when I was getting ready to publish the Anamkara, the first one. And they all love it so much. And they're like, if you put out another book before you write that, I'm going to drive down to Georgia, you know? <laughs> so, um, they're like, please just write the damn book. And I'm like, you're writers too. I can't even believe you're telling me, to, you know, cause they, and they know, and they mm-hmm. all have multiple projects open too, by the way. So, um, yeah, I'm talking to you, Kate Breda. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I'm hoping to get back to that one. Cause I mean, like I, under, like I kind of have an idea of where it's going to go. And like I've written the first chapter and um, we actually, so we had done the hypnosis thing. And the thing about the first book is um, you know, without spoiling too much, like there's some past life regression there. Um, there's some reincarnation um, and she's got a lot of dreams about these people and places and things that, you know, definitely she realizes she thinks at first they're just dreams, but then over time she realizes these are things that have happened, but they were not in this time, you know? Um, and we were doing hypnosis sessions and it kind of came up in conversation that, you know, you could do past life regression and how cool would that be? And I was like, i I need to do that for research, like, because (laughs) that is something that I do want to touch on more in the second one, you know, um, and that, I mean, a lot of writers do things like that, where, you know, they'll, they'll learn a new thing just so they can, you know, successfully write about it, you know, and understand it. So I was like, yeah, I need to do that because that's going to be in the next story. And it ties in so much to the first story, even, you know, Um, and that was such like an intense experience, um, you know, and like, I remember I, I was crying while I was under, Um, and you asked me, you know, for a minute, I was like, no, I'm okay. But then finally I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I can't, like, this is really intense. I need to stop. So you, you walked me out of it, you know? Um, but it was definitely this wild experience, you know, and it sat with me for a really long time. And I still think about it sometimes and I have like little flashes even. Um, and I think there's just something like, especially when you're creative, um, and then you unlock that part of your brain. Um, you're just going to continue to see things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, it was just crazy to, to go back and see, it was almost, um, like scenes, it was like scenes of a book or scenes of a movie, if you will, I guess. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like this whole linear thing playing out. It was like, you have a little quick scene and then you switch and you're kind of somewhere else, you know? Um, but it, it just, it was a little overwhelming because of how, like, I don't, like, is it okay to talk about the process? I don't know yeah, if you're- sure. Uh, because you- I have, I think I told you this, I was like, I think I might be weird for me because I have this really insane fear of death and, um, all things death related make me like super uncomfortable. And that's how you do the past life regression though. You start from like, you're going to your death and you're walking backwards almost to, you know, and then you keep, you go to this place where, you know, you go through a few little bits and pieces, but then you end up you know kind of at your deathbed or right there at the time of death and um you're walking through How did that happen? And you know, that's the thing. It's not like there's a big note on the wall, and they're saying like, you know, this patient had this going on. (laughs) Um, So you're you're looking around, trying to figure out what are the people around you saying. Do you see anything laying around that might indicate what the problem is? Or and how do you feel? And I remember feeling um, like very tight in my chest. And it was like that the whole way through. And so we were like, okay, so apparently like I have died before from some sort of probably like pneumonia or just some kind of like lung issues or breathing issues, you know? Um, which is funny because like, I mean, when, like, I I've never been like diagnosed with asthma or anything, but every once in a while I get some weird breathing stuff. And especially like when the pollen is bad, like that's, something that kicks up for me is I have a hard time breathing. And then with my anxiety, when it kicks up, that's the first thing that really hits me is it's um, very tight in the chest and hard to breathe, you know? And that's the thing now that I'm older and I understand that's, that's what's happening to me. I realize this is an anxiety attack and it's going to be okay. And I have to like walk myself through it. But you know, when you're younger and you don't know what that is, it's really scary sensation, So, um, and we, that's the thing though. I walked out of there and so we didn't really get time to touch on everything and what exactly was going on, but it was though, I mean, and I wasn't, it was the, it was a weird feeling because I wasn't like scared and I wasn't necessarily like really sad. It was just very overwhelming feeling, Mm -hmm. Um, especially the last one that we went to, I actually you know, it was sad. Everyone around me seemed to be kind of sad, but, and that was the thing, like it was, you know, I knew I was about, I knew it was about to end and, but I was, I could feel the love of everybody around me. Um, So it was just the, it was just a weird sensation. Like, I don't even know how else to describe it, which is terrible because I'm telling you people that I'm a writer, but but it was- Well, when you write
0: about it, you'll know all the nuances to say. I tell
1: you all the time, I'll be talking to my mom and I'll be trying to tell her something. And she's like, what and I'm like, never mind, you know, because it doesn't make any sense. But I can sit down and write a whole book, you know. <laughs> so that's, I guess, like the writing yeah. aspect of it is just a little bit easier for me. But, um, but it was. I just, I remember that sensation, like a feeling, really loved, and I knew that people around me were sad, but I wasn't. This, it was like I knew that I was ready to go, but, and I was sad that they were sad. Um, so it was just kind of overwhelming though, being at that moment, you know, in your, in a previous life and knowing that that was what's about to happen too. Um, but just knowing that like, obviously I did have people that loved me. So, and don't you feel like that going through that
0: process of that life and everything, it gives you some kind of insight of something that'll help you coming forward back into this life?
1: I mean, that's the thing. I, I have flashes of it all the time and I try to kind of revisit it occasionally, like when I'm questioning things, especially so, uh, because we actually had gone, I know we did two times for sure. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm trying to remember if we did three, but I know two. I remember two clear as day. Um, and the first one was a little more depressing. <laughs> um, yeah. and so that's the thing they, they were very stark in contrast, you know, to each other. And cause one, I seemed to be like a very like desolate, poor person. And I didn't have a lot of family around. There was somebody else there with me, like a child. And, um, I can't remember what I said at the time, but I mean, it was either like a like a young sibling or a younger child or something. And a uh, very just like dilapidated little shack that we were in and I was dying. And so it was sad because I was worried about this other person with me and how were they going to take care of themselves? And Um, And just like the condition of everything was just sad. And then you go to the next one and it was more of like this grand manner and it was very lovely and regal, you know, and um, I was in this really beautiful bed that was ornate. And, um, you know, like I said, I had family around me and people were um, you know, uh, they weren't mourning yet, but they were getting prepared to mourn. And so they were sad, but they were with me. And so it was like this really huge difference between the two. So I like, I always sit there and try to figure out like, why, why were these two, why were they so different? And so how can I tie that into now? And, you know, I always, and I still wonder, like, because like, I really want to do it again sometime, but I don't, we'll, don't. We, we'll do it. We'll do it <laughs> <laughs> because, Today. you know, I'm like, there has to be more. So it's like, you know me, I'm like, I need to know everything because like, I feel like I'm still missing pieces somehow you know, because I'm like, how does, how does everything tie together? So like, what is, I'm still always trying to figure out like, what is the message between these two different things? Because I feel like, you know. I don't know if I believe that like, you're going to be, you know, um, tortured or whatever in your next life for the things that you did bad in the last one. But I think that you do try to learn different lessons and Mm -hmm. better, you know, um, and be better, you know? right? Um, so that's, that's kind of where everything you're like, okay. And it also makes you wonder like, okay, did I deserve that bad life that I had or was that just some sort of test you know to prepare me for the future you know because like you don't like you could just keep over and over and over and so you just don't know you know like how many times have I been here you know what I mean so um, it's and it's just such a crazy and amazing thing to think about and really like wrap your head around like that happened, you know, like that was, and who knows exactly how long ago it was. And I know that we, like we walked around, like I was walking around trying to look for things, but
0: yeah, I remember you f- being able to find some dates and things like that. Cause I don't have my notes in front things, of me. So I don't remember right on top of my head. There
1: were a couple of things that we found, but it still was really difficult to really like walk anything in after the fact, because I did some Googling and stuff, but Um, I could never really like tie everything together. Um, so that's why I think too, like there just, there had to have been more that Mm -hmm. I missed out on or something like that. I didn't see. Um, but, and so like, I do, I like, I think about, about doing it again all the time, but I'm like, well, one, am I mentally prepared for that? And to like, when am I going to be able to do that? So um, <laughs> well, well, we'll, we'll find time.
0: I'll tell you. Um, and the thing is, is when you go back, it'll probably be a different life. It'll be, you know, you just have to have it in your mind, you know, the one that's going to give me the most benefit to know right now. And then you go to that one. And so it's just like an open vessel, you know, of, of where you go. Um, so now you have, are in the process of writing the book too, right? Mm -hmm. Or have you already started
1: it, but I'm working on something else right now, because just like I was saying before, um, when I hit a block, I don't stop writing. I just stop writing that one. And, um, and I follow the voices. So I'm working on something else right now and it's coming along really well. And, um, this one is a lot it's different than the Anamkara, but it's still kind of, it has a lot of like the paranormal elements like the Anamkara does. Um, so I feel like I might be in a better mindset to work on it when I'm done with this one. Um, and I've been revisiting my playlist because like I have certain songs that I listen to with every book and, um, and that's how usually a lot of my stories come to my brain like I'll just be driving down the road and I'll hear a song and all of a sudden like I have this idea well if you haven't uh, already you should be giving everybody a playlist from your book I have it in some of them I'm so bad about like putting them with all of them but I'm trying I have a couple on like Spotify and I think I can share the links to them I just have to okay. go and do it but um, I have because I have like served I have is on there and then I want to say I had the autumn car in there I'm not 100% so you've sure So you got it on Spotify? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well because, I'll have to look it up because I didn't know that.
1: Um because some of them um like I listen to YouTube music and sometimes like I'll hear like I don't necessarily look for songs like I wait until a song hits me like, Oh, that is great for this book, you know? And so I'll go listen to it a million times. Um, and I listen to it a bunch while I'm writing. And then, so I just keep adding to them. So I might listen to the same song halfway through the book, you know, as I'm writing it. So my playlists are not like per chapter or per event where I have some friends who they really drill it down. Like you could put that playlist on and read the book, and it like goes with the vibe. Oh wow, of- that's and impressive! I'm like, and I'm like, y'all are like my heroes because yeah. I, can't do that, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, I'm like, I give you a few songs that give me the overall vibe, and if you get them in order, you're doing great because I usually just throw them in there like when I think <laughs> about them. But um, and even like I'll listen to it again while I'm editing just to kind of stay in the mindset of that story. Um, but yeah, I need to be better about working on that for sure. But I mean, like I said, I am very chaotic with all of this stuff. So, um, I have like the first year I was writing, I put out a ton of books and, um, people were like, Oh my God, like, how do you write so fast? And I was like, cause I literally don't do anything else except <laughs> write books. Um, so, um, I, I, Like at the end of last year, I finally slowed down and then started to focus a little bit more on marketing and the business side and kind of started working. I had a website forever and I just never really did anything with it. And so I finally got my website semi-organized and things like that, but um So this last like six months, six to nine months now, I've tried to focus a little bit more on the business side of things, but I continue to write. It's just been a little bit slower. And then, like I said, work, it definitely slows it down. But, um, you know, I still am managing to get some done. And um, once I get to a certain point in the story, like the one I'm writing right now, like things are getting deep. So now like my brain wants to know what's going to happen next. So I'm more motivated to get the words out. Um, so I've been writing a lot after work the last like couple of weeks, but like today, today was, like I said, it was like the Monday is Tuesday ever. Um, (laughs) and then like I had to cook dinner and get ready to do this. So I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to write anything tonight. And I, and I was thinking, I was like, I am not going to kill myself over it. Like, it's fine it's cool. No worries. You know? Yeah. Well, Uh, well, I will say, I know you're my
0: friend and everything, but one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast is because to me, you're amazing. And it is, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about to people and in this podcast, and I created it because, um, I, I, I have written some, I have like I don't know how many notebooks with different stories and stuff in there. And I haven't really done anything with them and I'll put them all away for a while and then I'll pull them back out. And so you're an inspiration to me to get the stuff out and actually play with it a little bit and make it fun. But the the biggest thing is that to me, the journey that you have taken in this process has just been mind boggling to me because when we were first talking about things and you were excited about doing this, but you were petrified about doing this and all the things that have transpired to now you're this, there's this author that has got all these books out and you've got followers. And so it's just just amazing to me. But one of the things I want to ask, just thinking about your life and even before you were writing or anything. So is there one thing that has been, that you would want to give to our audience that might be some kind of inspirational thing that if they're in the same place that you were, you know, back then um, with their business or with their writing or their art or music or whatever it may be that they're just kind of almost like constricted and not able to do anything. What's the one thing that you would want to give them to maybe help them come out of that?
1: do it afraid um and it's never too late that's the biggest thing it's never too late um it it might not be easy but it's never too late um and like I can't speak to everything but I can say as far as writing goes like there's no there's no one right way there's not a timeline especially when it's your first book you know don't get hung up on you know publishing and contracts and everything else just write for yourself. Um, see if you just finish it, just finish it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like let yourself write this book with all the mistakes and don't care if anybody else is ever going to like it. Um, just write it to say that you did it, you know, Mm -hmm. once you're done with it, then you can figure out everything else from there. But, um, you know, I would say just the never too late thing, because I really had talked myself out of it for such a long time for a better part of my life, you know, my adult life anyway. Um, and I just had this moment where I was like, it's not too late, you know, and it took me seeing another, like a very successful person, um, realizing that they did something later in life and it worked out. And then, you know, when you start to really think about it, there's a ton of people who worked on something later in life and became successful, like Morgan Freeman. Okay. Everybody knows who Morgan Freeman is. Um, And he was like in his fifties before he started acting, you know, and look at him now, like everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, when you say later, Yeah. Who? Samuel L. Jackson also, I think was a little bit older when he started, um, and they're actors, you know, but I mean, there's examples in so many industries where there were people who, um, just, they weren't in their early twenties, you know, doing these phenomenal things, but, you know, so, um, and I even think back now, I said, you know, I think that life stood in my way for a reason. Like I would suggest, like, if you're in your twenties and you want to write, write the book, don't wait. But you know, if you let that time pass you by, don't worry too much about the time that you pass by, but look at it more like now you have all this life experience. And you've probably had a gamut of emotions because you've lived all these different experiences. And I think that that probably made me a better writer than I would have been when I was 20 years old. Yeah. So, you know, well, see, this I, is, I, this I is really a great, feel like,
0: this is a great push for me because, you know, I'm not in my thirties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 63 and I've still got Dozens but you're
1: still looking to lie. Like, look at you. How?
0: That's a lie. <laughs> so I still have all these notebooks with all these books that have started, and you know, and you know, and I haven't done anything with them. So I, I, my, my goal now is for this weekend, by this weekend, to pull out some of those notebooks and revisit them and decide which one I'm going to work with. So you can hold me accountable to that. So I'll uh, ask
1: about it now. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can't do it
0: till the weekend. I got too many things going on. So yeah,
1: yeah, I I completely understand that for (laughs) sure. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Well, this has been such an amazing pleasure as always when I get to speak to you, but it was definitely uh, a pleasure to share you with my listeners and um so i am very very grateful for you taking the time tonight and um and, and and sharing your vulnerability when it comes to all of this stuff because it was definitely um wonderful and i think there'll be so many people that'll get a, a piece of inspiration and maybe go ahead and push themselves into a place of action just
1: do it. Just do it. Yeah. That's just, right. That's right. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You know I love hanging out with you, even if it's on assumes. So. I know. I know. We'll be getting
0: together in person pretty soon, I'm sure.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I miss you. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Look, thanks for having me beyond. And yeah, I just, um, you know, like I said, my messages are open, even if like, if you don't care about romance books, but you have questions about writing and stuff, like I'm happy to help with what I can offer. Um, like I said, I don't really do advice, but I can share with you some things that I've done, um, and maybe point you in the right direction for some resources that could be helpful you because like anybody can do it. Um, you know, I really, I really think that everybody has a story in them. It's just a matter of whether they're going to do it or not. So, um, you know, I, I will, I will bully you into, into chasing the dream. If you tell me that you want to do it though, so (laughs) be careful what you wish for.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, April and, um, everybody that's listening. I'm so glad you're here and make sure to stay, Um, tuned for our next week episode. Thank you.